New alarm bells ringing tonight on the coronavirus outbreak in this country. Doctors say the virus is spread through droplets when someone coughs or sneezes. And I think the business community, it's in their interest that people actually stay home and stop the spread. For a business that can allow more employees to telecommute, we want you to do that. In these times, what does it mean to sell with purpose? How can you bring intention to every sales conversation, no matter what you're selling? What if success doesn't mean just one more closed sale, but one more life saved? Hi, friends. I'm Andy Paul, host of the Sales Enablement Podcast, and this is Selling with Purpose, a special six-part series of inspiring conversations exploring what it means to sell with a mission greater than just hitting your numbers in the era of COVID-19 and beyond. Tune in to hear from world-class enterprise sales leaders and learn how their six companies will close $50 billion selling remotely. See how they've supported essential workers with the products and services they need to stay safe and thrive during this time of crisis. A special thank you to our guests and their incredible companies, Sodexo, Henry Schein, Gordon Food Services, NFP, Stanley Security, and CDK for allowing us to share their stories. All right, let's get into it. Ty, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Andy. I really appreciate you having me. So where are you uh, locked down these days? I'm calling in from beautiful Austin, Texas today. Very nice. Very nice. Makes me hungry for the salt lick. You know what? It's uh, I, the one thing that, thank goodness, that Salt Lake did not uh, did not close down, and the and the to go <laughs> orders were were plentiful. So, uh, well, how about Franklin's? Yeah, it, <laughs> a little too far of a drive for me, but okay, um, right. I, I we we can't turn this into a barbecue debate, Andy. Okay, because uh, <laughs> I, I I think Salt Lake is is still champion. Well, I I love the Salt Lake. I mean, so you're out near Driftwood. Uh, I am. I'm actually uh, in a little town called Wimberley, Texas. So right outside of Driftwood. So we're uh, we're extremely close. Oh, yeah. You know, I would weigh a thousand pounds if I, if I lived in Austin. <laughs> That's why we're doing this audio only, okay, and not a video uh, yeah. chat this like my, morning. Last time my wife and I were there, it's like, you know, there's too much good food in, in Austin, starting with Salt Lake, and we were just like, Oh yeah, this would be bad if we were here. We couldn't exercise enough. If we lived there, we just couldn't flat out <laughs> couldn't exercise enough to keep the weight off. There's some other- That's not such a bad thing, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's great, and we're fortunate to to have it so close and to be in such a great city. Yeah, and there's not to turn this into a food show, but there's um, this local, I think, small chain of cafe, sort of breakfast cafes that have the gingerbread pancakes they're famous for. You know, I think it's Kirby Lane. Yes, so you've Kirby got, Lane. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's, yeah. yeah we're going to get on the breakfast food, Andy. So it's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just a sample of the last trip. You could see why we put on a few pounds while we were, while we were there. So, well, so tell us a little bit about Henry Schein. Because uh, this is a company that's people come into contact with one way or another that they're probably not aware of uh, if they go to a dentist office, for instance. Yeah. So I, you know, it, I, Henry Schein is the, the world's largest distributor of medical and dental products. Um, we at, at one point had a, a, an animal health vertical 
that we divested last year. Um, now it's operating under the name of Covetris. And so Henry Shine specializes in the office-based practitioner. So when you look at our, our market share from a dental perspective, support a tremendous amount of um, single dentist practices as well as large DSOs or dental service organizations and very similar on the medical side, which is what, what I'm a part of. Um, you know, we service a tremendous amount of the independent practices, surgery centers, and large integrated delivery networks, hospital-owned health systems. So um, a wide variety of, of segments that we focus on, but primarily really, um, you know, focus our distribution efforts on that office-based practitioner. Interesting. So in terms of what's sort of happening today with, uh, you know, COVID-19 and so on, is have you pivoted at all with uh, you know, supplying PPE and, and other things that hospitals need to support that, or are you still focused on the office? Uh, no, I, I would say that during during COVID, and, and as a, a number of states were, were shutting down and sheltering in place, you know, we, we did have a large number of our independent practices, both on the dental and medical side, um, that unfortunately did close down during that time. You know, we had mm -hmm. a segment of our business from an urgent care perspective that remained open. And so a, a majority of, of the items that, you know, throughout that time were heavily focused on PPE. But the last few weeks we have started to see, you know, a, a surge in products outside of PPE, which is certainly, you know, refreshing to see. So um, we distribute a number of product categories. So when we start to see more of those categories start to, you know, certainly to, to be distributed, it's it's certainly looking like business is, is back to usual in some areas. So um, still have a ways to go. You know, right now we're, we're looking at a variety of projects that we're working on with our customers to, to jumpstart activity. Um, but it's certainly refreshing just to be able to see certainly what some of the demand is outside of PPE because we, we still continue to run into certain situations regarding product categories that are still hard to procure sure. at this time. So I imagine, because I got a, a note from my dentist a couple of weeks ago saying, yeah, we're going to be opening up, and uh, but it's completely different, right? It's, and I'm just wondering if, whether you've had to sort of bring on new products in the mix because they're talking about, a, yeah, we're going to have one patient at a time in the office almost, it sounded like, right? right. We're going to keep you down on your car until we're ready to bring you up. And I was wondering what you're seeing in terms of how that affects these, these individual practices. Uh, it, without question, I think it's going to have a, a, a fundamental impact on, on what we have experienced thus far, you know, whether we're seeing the dentist or, or medical professional, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're obviously looking at, you know, the waiting room experience, right? Look at the, the emergence of telehealth and the adoption rate of telehealth in a post-COVID world. I mean, a lot of technology that's been around for some times, but, you know, we'll just say slow to adapt, um, you know, you're starting to see, you know, more social acceptance of. So, you know, I, I, from a product standpoint, you know, just a, I, I would say that what we have found to be extremely beneficial, you know, through the efforts of, of a number of our Team Shine members, you know, is really sourcing a lot of the PPE products from a, a, a number of manufacturers outside of some of the traditional partners that we've worked with, right? So, um, you know, we've continued to provide our customers, you know, with these PPE items and a number of options, right? So as, as some of the companies like Ford collaborated with 3M, um, you know, mm -hmm. we had the opportunity to distribute some of, of those, those items for PPE use as well. So 
continue to look for sourcing opportunities. But um, you know, to your point, I, I think the the patient experience is going to look a lot different. Certainly, as as offices begin to open back up, and certainly in the very near future. And so, you know, I think that um, you know it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, in the sense of the the extra precautions that the healthcare professionals are are taking. But um, you know, we we certainly want to keep an eye on the on the supply associated with that for sure. So let's talk about the impact that's been on your sales team. So how many people do you have on your sales team? You're in the West, you manage the Western United States, you said for the medical side? Yeah. So I'm vice president of sales for the Western U.S. And so under under my leadership, roughly about 280 um, selling assets, okay, that mm-hmm. range from some of our traditional reps that are in, the, in their individual territories to some of our strategic account teams as well. Um, so I and I have a counterpart in the in the eastern US that has a, a sales team roughly about that size. And so I mean, imagine most of them were field based, right? Yep. Absolutely. So how did you know describe for us what that transition was for you to say, okay, everybody's going from the field, they're working from home now? I, you know, it's it's I I would I think probably the, the biggest transition um had to do with with customer engagement, right? So our all of our, our field-based reps work from home. And so, um, you know, the, the transition to working from home, you know, wasn't as big of a stretch for a lot mm-hmm. of those individuals. We have a, a large number of team of internal team shine members, um, that are working from home now that, you know, when some of the initial, um, offices were closing and, and whatnot, we had to enact some work from home measures for them, which was a little bit of an adjustment. Um, but for our field based sales team, it's, it's something that they're used to. I would say the biggest challenge you know, I, that each one of them had to, to manage through, um, you know, was, was the lack of customer engagement, um, on a weekly basis that they were used to. Right. So, um, everybody for the most part did continue to engage their customer in a virtual way. Um, but that was probably the biggest adjustment. Well, from a tool standpoint on your side, in terms of being able to manage the team and their activities and so on. I, you know, we, we had to embrace a number of technologies, right? So it's um, you know, today we utilize uh, you know Microsoft Teams, for example, for a lot of the virtual conference calls that we normally have. But you know, I, I early on, you know, I think it was extremely important as a sales leader to stay engaged, you know, with our teams in a virtual way, right? So utilizing you know these types of technologies really just to get some of that FaceTime you know, with your teams, right, to you know, check in on them to make sure that everybody was was coping and managing through this. And as, as much as you can, that, that with the social distancing that was being encouraged, um, you know, we wanted to find new ways to socially interact. And, you know, unfortunately, right as the, the state started to close, um, you know, we were right in the midst of, of about to attend our national sales meeting, which is, is a great time for our, our team members to engage, right. you know, with each other. And so, you know, I, I, for the most part, you know, having to, to bypass, bypass that this year for safety reasons and, you know, then immediately go into, you know, the shelters in place that were in effect, um, the teams definitely missed that. So in any opportunity that we could have to, to embrace some of the technology that's available to, to engage socially and virtually, you know, we, we saw our teams certainly embrace. And I've, Questions are interesting, just sort of in normal times, because you know you're supplying, uh, you know, sale <laughs> equipment to the medical and and dental professions is, is, and I've seen this other companies that service the healthcare side. Is they they feel a certain sense of mission and what they're doing. I was wondering, is that 
you know, because they're helping, they know their products are directly helping people, you know, stay healthy and, and so on. Is that normally part of, of what your team, you sort of feel the team culture? Uh, without question. Uh, you know, when you look at, at, at the, the five constituents that, that Henry Schein, you know, that a part of the, the pillars of our success and when, you know, the manufacturer community that we support and that we distribute for and, and the customer and the Team Shine member just really focusing on, on those three, um, you know, during this time, I mean, the, 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 some of the greatest information that we provided to our customers, you know, was, was just that insights, right? If, if it was information coming from some of the manufacturing communities where, when products were limited, um, being able to, to respond to these customers' needs and, and the efforts of our sales team during this time were certainly commendable. Um, you know, there were, there were national shortages of products that were very hard to come by. And so um, just responding to customers and a lot of our sales teams, you know, really you know, took a hands-on approach to help and secure and procure products for them that were hard to come by. Um, you know, at that time, I mean, that, that customers had, you know, true needs, you know, to protect you know, their staff to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, without question, you know, I think during this time that, um, that we do have a greater sense of, of what we were doing, you know, in, in the marketplace and working with the manufacturers um, that were working as hard as they could to try and provide products that, you know, available to us to, to ship to our, our, our customers. And, you know, during, during this time, I mean, just as, as states, were empowered, you know, as were a lot of organizations like Henry Shine to work with our suppliers, work with the government on FEMA air bridge shipments uh, that we were able to do to get product, you know, to our customers on the front mm-hmm. line. So mm-hmm. there, there are a number of, of I would say, that um, protocols that we enabled to, to try and get product to the hot spots um, as best that we could, right, when inventory was available. Well, part of the reason, part of the reason I asked the question about culture is, is – yeah, having spent time, you know, researching the company and and going through your website and so on is is that the culture. I mean, everybody talks about culture, but you guys really front and center talk about. Hey, you know, we've been recognized as you know the top workplace for equality and diversity, and and I was just wondering, you know, how deeply does that permeate throughout the organization? But from a leadership perspective, I mean, it's it's you know it's certainly at the from the top down, right? So you know, Stanley Bergman, our our chairman, mm-hmm. does a, a tremendous job of of empowering his leaders um, to make great decisions. You know, from that perspective and keeping that you know at the forefront of our culture. So you know, we we want to always continue to um, you know encourage it. You know, and and understand that joining Team Shine and being part of the Team Shine culture. Um, embodies a number of things, right? So it's it's just as much a concern for people as it is a concern for results, um, and a, and a lot of that is is certainly what's what was passed down from the Shine family that that Stanley has continued to create and ensure is preserved, um, no matter how large the organization like Henry Shine has. So I would I would say that if um, you know the the culture of Henry Shine and Team Shine. Is certainly one of the most distinguishable that's out there in the marketplace today. And and frankly, what when you ask a number of individuals, either you know why they why they join the organization or why they stay with the organization, it's because of the culture that is here at Henry Shine. So sort of circling back, so how does how does that be? How is that reflected in sort of the day to day sales culture of the company? 
I, you know, I, I think it's reflected in a number of ways, right? I, I, I look at the team members that were engaged in every exercise that we just went through. Um, you know, whether they're internal team members working from home for the first time, supporting our external field reps, if it's our product category managers that are trying to procure products from sources outside of some of the traditional suppliers because of, you know, limitations and limited availability, you know, it, it, it's, everyone was working tremendous hours during this time on weekends during this time to find solutions to truly be identified as that trusted advisor and you know during during this time unfortunately a large number of dentists were closed right with the exception of those that were facilitating emergency services so mm -hmm. you know our, our our dental counterparts you know had to somewhat you know sit back during this time and and really focus more on the planning phase of of when dentists were going to open back up and so um you know a, a a lot of best practices were shared, you know, along the way as we begin developing some of the strategies that that we will now be utilizing, you know, in this next phase of of reopening. Um, but I would say that that certainly from a cultural perspective, it was embodied with whatever your role is within the organization was contributing, you know, to the overall mission of of certainly being that trusted advisor for our customers. So as you look forward, and you're going, through, it's sort of as an extension, what you're going through now is is how do you see your your sort of go to market messaging changing or evolving? Yeah, I, that's a that's a great question. I, I think one of the first things that we we certainly an, anticipate and and look at is you know the the possible resurgence of 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 this you know certainly this this virus and infection coming back right. So you know what what did we learn you know throughout this time you know that we can certainly leverage for our customers to be in a better position. Um, you know, to meet. And so I think that to your point, that's what you're starting to see, you know, with some of the protocols that are being enabled and certainly supported right now in terms of waiting rooms and social distancing and things along those lines. So, um, you know, I, I would say that first off, it's it's what did we learn, you know, throughout this in anticipation of, of you know, it, it happening again. Right. Um, you know, I, I can certainly say that a, a, a priority for us is going to be continuing to see, you know, to focus on the diagnostic testing. So, you know, Henry Schein was one of the first, uh, you know, first companies to launch an antibody test, you know, to the market, um, you know, and, and we have a number of our, our supplier partners now that have come to market with certain diagnostic tests as well. So, you know, I think we'll continue to see, you know, focus on, um, on, on understanding the guidelines, right, that are being, you know, promoted out there regardless right. of, of our segmentation, right, to ensure that family practice and individual practices as well as surgery centers up to the health systems are fully aware of what, uh, you know, what the recommendations and guidelines are, you know, and then understand what can we do to, to certainly ensure that, uh, that proper testing is, is enacted. So I, I think a big part of what we're looking at right now with a lot of our supplier partners, you know, is really understanding the core comorbidity and looking at, you know, when you, when you look at the, uh, the number of, of individuals that, um, you know, the, the impact that overall wellness had from a, you know, chronic disease standpoint, really understanding that, right? So, you know, not, not just the diagnosis of a COVID-19, but also really understanding the impact that it had, you know, on, on some of the patients that suffered some, from more of those, you know, chronic diseases, such as diabetes, right? So, you know, when you look at the way in which we can help contribute, you know, to, to the, I would say, the greater patient population that could be potentially impacted by this, falls back in line with what did we learn, right? So I think that's one of the things that we learned um, that we can continue to introduce new technologies, new testing methodologies, 
you know, to the to the market. So thinking about your field sales force, because this is a question that that talked about with a number of people recently is okay. One of the questions is, well, geez, how do we start redeploying our people into the field? How do we help them feel safe doing that? And then on the flip side is on the customer side. When do they feel comfortable having you know, outsiders come into their, their workplaces again? Um, so what have, what have you guys been thinking about that? Yeah, great, great question. Um, you know, I, I, first and foremost, when we look at the, uh, you know, certainly the, the health and wellness of our Team Shine members, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, that, that they're comfortable and that they have all the necessary, you know, PPE items that they would need to have. So one of the things that, that we have, we have worked on is really creating, um, you know, PPE kits for our sales team that are going to be engaging customers, you know, on a regular basis. And so we're in the process of distributing those to our team members that are going to be engaging, you know, the frontline healthcare provider in the various states and really following a lot of the, of the guidelines that are being published by state, right? So I think that you've got, um, you know, some practices uh, that, have, that have already been open and remained open, um, you know, want, want the level of engagement, you know, but it certainly needs to meet, you know, the safety criteria, whether that's, you know, wearing the necessary PPE, that we're providing to our team members, um, you know, or, or meeting virtually during this time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would say first and foremost, it is the well, the well-being of our team shine members, right. And what can we provide them during this time? And then of course, following, you know, each and every state and guideline that's being published and, and certainly the wishes of the practice. So, you know, I think right now we're seeing a, a wide variety, um, uh, of what those expectations are that are varying from state to state. Well, I think the tough thing is sort of the person-to-person aspect of it, right? Is is I think you have people who have varying levels of of comfort based on their own situation about going out and reengaging. Uh, without question, yeah. I mean, without question. And so we wanted, you know, obviously we want. I, I think our customers have been certainly more than supportive during this time of of embracing every type of of communication methodology that's out there, right? To ensure that that. We're staying in constant contact with them, and I and I, it's not something that you know that we're introducing, right? It's something mm-hmm. that I think that you know society-wise, I think we've all embraced it differently than than what we normally would have. So you know, I, I think that that's you know certainly you know when you when you start to look out at you know our sales team that are communicating with their family members in this way, right? I mean that communicating with customers, you know, that they care just as deeply for, um, you know, is something that that we're seeing more and more of as well. Yeah, so just so again, looking forward a little bit is is for you is is what have you learned possibly during the shutdown period? We redeployed your field team, as you said, sort of partially because they were working from home anyway, but spending less certainly spending less time in the field is with the prospect of more virtual selling taking place. Have you thought, yeah, yeah, maybe we need to change? I don't know, the the profile of the person we need or the skill sets of what they need or we need to enable them in a different way than we have in the past is what have you been thinking along that lines yeah you know, and that's a great that's a great question um you know i i can say that you know it it's still a little early right so when when you look at um at at where we're monitoring the states and as each states are opening up and really looking you know into the data to understand what we see um you know it it's there's been a very, you know, heavy reliance on, on data to help us make decisions, you know, certainly from a sales leader's perspective, you know, as far as the, you know, the profile of our, of our, our sales team member today, um, you know, it, it certainly 
technology has continued to play a, a big part um, of selling in any environment, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at how you know how how a sales sales professional today utilizes all the resources that are available, um, you know, I I think that it's it's certainly you know different than than what it's looked like in years past, and and going through an event like this certainly accelerates you know, the adoption and the engagement, you know, at a, at a different level as well. So, you know, I, I, within the last year, you know, we've, we've actually, you know, worked with, with Salesforce to introduce, you know, a lot of the CRM technology to our sales team members and mm-hmm. start utilizing that. So I, I think that, you know, certainly times like this where there's been a little bit more, you know, time in the home office, you know, than, than previously, you know, it's allowed us to, you know, to, to dig into that data a little bit, right. To utilize more of the resources that we have to kind of, you know, enable our sales team to go out there and, and prospect more. So, um, you know, it, it's a, a wide variety of the technology and the tools that are available. Um, you know, that during a time like this, I think that, that, you know, all of our sales assets have really started to focus on, but, you know, at the end of the day, that, that customer to customer, you know, that, that, interaction that our sales team thrives on as i would probably say is 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 what we anticipate the most right to get back to and to experience um you know as as a field-based sales organization that we have i mean that's that's what we thrive on right is that 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 customer interaction yeah i think there's there's a lot of people that share that sentiment so last last question for you is is um so are there different kpis that you've been tracking now during this period than you did before and what what might those be they give you a different insight into what's happening yeah I, great great question um you know it, it, i would say that that early on you know when you when you start to look at at the uh, our business right and you look at at from a distribution perspective and all the different product categories you know that that we normally distribute i mean the 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 sales mix that our team members you know focus on you know every day is um you know, one of the, I would without question one of the strengths, right? When you look at the sheer vastness of our portfolio and the number of supplier partners that we support, um, you know, throughout this process, you know, you know, you're only seeing a, a small fraction of that sales mix start to come through, right? Which we're heavily focused on mm-hmm. on PPE, right? So, you know, I I would say some of the KPIs that we've that we've really you know stayed hyper focused on certainly over the last over the last few weeks, right, or some of those additional product categories outside of PPE, right? So from a from a forecasting perspective, you know, I don't think we ever could have anticipated the sheer volume that we saw, you know, with with some of those items. Um, you know, and and now that we're starting to see, you know, states opening up and, and practices opening up and specialties that have been closed and, you know, whether it's because of, you know, procedures that were put off until, you know, till offices reopened, right? Or or utilizing PPE categories, um, you know, within specialties that normally don't utilize those PPE, mm-hmm. uh, we've been we've been learning along the way with that, right? So, you know, I I would say right now, you know, it's it's really truly understanding the nature, you know, of our business from web ordering and technology ordering, you know, perspectives, right, for our team members to really, you know, understand what what the business looks like and and where those needs are coming from. So, really trying to take a a, a, a glimpse of the data coming from a number of sources right. and, and modeling that out to see, you know, what, where is the activity and where do we need to increase demand within certain markets, you know, for, for specific reasons. And it's helping us develop a lot of our go-to-market strategies in this post-COVID era, right, as we look to see, okay, the, this is what the data is telling us, right? And so what do we need to now 
focus on or double down on with regards to these efforts. I wish it were the post-COVID era. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, and that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I would say it at least from the standpoint of, of the practices being opened, right? And so when you yeah. start to at least see that, um, you know, that we we went we went from a phase where, you know, there was there was a lot of panic, right? And even from the customers, it was you know let's let's acquire as much product as we can get, right? And so you see. A number of, of measures that were enacted, such as allocations and certain right. restrictions that we provided, you know, out there in the marketplace to, to make the products, you know, stretch as far as we could. And so, you know, now that that we're starting to see states open back up and now we can somewhat try to understand what some of those needs are, um, you know, it's it, it's starting to shift. All right. And it, and it looks different than it did a few weeks ago. Right. But, um, you know, you you still have. You know, you still have a lot of the same demand that's that's occurring with with certainly limited supply. Yeah, well, I think that'd be one of the real critical issues, as you sort of alluded to earlier. Is is certainly there's a number of you know, epidemiologists that infectious disease experts that think that we're going to see a second peak that is at least as big as what the first peak was. Um, so I was just wondering: is are you seeing your customers now ordering in anticipation of that, so that they don't fear having the shortages or the supply chain, the supply chains are still strained trying to catch up. I think there's certain within certain categories. I think the supply chain is still strained, right? I think that, um, you know, there, you, you do see some, some opportunities out there, you know, where you're starting to see, you know, that, that the, the rationing strategies and the allocation strategies, you know, are effective, right. And, and, you know, our manufacturers are doing a fantastic job of, of certainly getting product to us, you know, throughout this time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, that's where I start to see, you know, more, uh, you know, uh, I would say that the focus on diagnostic testing, you mm -hmm. know, really starting to, you know, now that we have testing available, you know, whereas at the, at the start of this, we, we didn't, right. You only, right. you only had certain PPE, right. That you could use, you know, in, in defense of this. Right. So I think that's where, you know, what, what have we learned from this, what's available now, as opposed to what was available, you know, and ensuring we're taking, you know, these products out there to market and, and educating them with our supplier partners. So, you know, I, I definitely see more of a focus on the diagnostic testing aspect of, of what's available today versus at the start of this. Well, let's hope we avoid that second peak. So, well, Ty, it's been great talking to you. So if people want to connect with you, how could they connect with you? Uh, you, you feel free to, to reach out to, uh, to, to me on, uh, via email, um, ty.ford at henryshine.com. Um, you know, we've got Team Shine members all across the U.S. And so anything that we could do to, to help out and provide us some additional insights, would love to. And uh, I certainly appreciate, appreciate your time today, Andy. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, it's been great to meet you. And thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, sir. Mm -hmm.